Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here, bringing you another episode of the Rad Dads Show, the punk rock parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? On this episode, I sit down with Mark DeSalvo, an illustrator who's well-known for creating the album art for countless genre-defining punk rock records over the years. From Lagwagon's Let's Talk About Feelings with its iconic nerdy girl, to no effects controversial heavy petting zoo, and everything in between. Mark's done work for Limp, Pulley, No Use for a Name, The Mad Caddies, several of the Fat Rec comps, and most recently Mark did the cover for Fat Mike Gets Strung Out. And coincidentally, many of these works are on display until the end of this month at Las Vegas' Punk Rock Museum. So make sure to head down there to check out Mark's exhibit. As he describes in our interview, seeing these paintings in person reveals so much more detail, and I know these works mean a lot to so many of you out there listening, just like they do to me. But the real reason Mark stopped by was to chat about his experiences as a dad to his two kids, Bluma and Wiley. Mark and I got right into it off the bat, so you'll hear we just kind of started rolling without a real formal introduction until about 10 minutes in. But we just got into the good stuff so quickly, and it's like that when you're talking about your kids. Mark even took notice halfway through the interview that he hadn't stopped smiling the whole time, and that definitely reflects the tone of this interview. It was a really fun, positive one. That being said, we did cover some heavier topics, including Mark's recent battle with throat cancer and how he and his family coped with that. You'll hear Mark describe how involving his daughter Bluma in his treatments was therapeutic for him too. We also talked about being part of the Old Dads Club, along with friends like Jay Bentley from Bad Religion and Mark Stern from Youth Brigade, including some adventures with fertility testing and dealing with our kids learning curse words and the joy we get out of seeing our kids becoming little individuals. Honestly, we covered so much more, and this is a pretty long one, I'll admit it, so you might have to bite it off in chunks, but trust me, there's so much good stuff in here. Make sure to check out Mark's work at the Punk Rock Museum if you can, but before you do that, let's get into this interview. Here's punk rock illustrator and rad dad, Mark DeSalvo, on the Rad Dad Show. I mean, I'm not nervous to talk to people usually, but it's like, wait, you know, I'm, I'm so used to everyone, all the questions they ask me, it's like, oh, what was working with Fat Mike like? Or, yep. Hey, you did this for Lagwagon, you know, what was going on, you know, dealing with Joey, what was the deal, you know, that sort of thing. And um, you ask far more personal questions yep. that that I'm not used to answering and and then I was like why do people know you know why would anyone want to talk to me about that sort of stuff because it's always the it's always more just the artwork and stuff that they want to talk about it's but, I, uh, I think it's something that you know it's funny as time has gone on like has obviously set us apart we're a pretty niche podcast but um you know, I think that like, it's interesting. I think the, the, where the value comes in and, and, you know, I even see it for myself as like, I think dads aren't that great at talking to other dads about some of this stuff too. So for a lot of people who listen to the show, like a lot of the feedback we get is like, oh yeah, I've gone through that too. And it was kind of nice to hear. I'm not alone in that and um, that kind of thing. So it's kind of just neat to have that, that perspective from, you know, someone who's led a bit of a different life, maybe a bit of a more unique um you know, life and people you look up to and uh, those kinds of things. It's like parenthood is like this universal thing that kind of brings us all together, right? Like you and I have never met, but we can sit here and chat for 20 minutes uh, for an hour, like, you know, about, about our, 
our kids and about our family and whatever because you know just Absolutely. We, you've got a five-year-old too it's, it's the coolest age i mean yeah actually i think she became super awesome around three and just keeps getting more and more awesome i always say that too um like for for me the age i always say is four but because like kind of when she hit four like there was also like you know potty training was all good like that you know they can kind of like be by themselves for a little while playing and you're not worried they're gonna you know fall down the stairs or whatever like um but i feel the same way it's like they hit that age where all of a sudden they're kind of just a little person they're not like the little baby yeah. anymore right for sure for start sure. to see well, that in individuality we've got we've got wiley too who is two and a half right now and so he's you got a helicopter over him because you know everything he wants to touch or, you know just pulling on this and you know just exploring everything and you know so yep it's like i want him to grab and touch and do everything but it's like wait no those are my paints <laughs> we don't want you to paint right now it's like oh wait no that's glass that's gonna break and hurt you know yeah, so don't pull just, that bookcase over on yourself yeah which he's um I was cook. I I cook a lot, and um, I had a, just the pans from that I just the cookie sheet sort of stuff that I keep in the stove. It was up on the counter, and there was some Pyrex and stuff there too. And he pulled one of those down on him. Pyrex bonked him on the head on the way down, and then shattered everywhere. So it's like, wait, don't move. Yeah, stand still. <laughs> um so just the amount of glass that was ever but yeah yeah, so he does this constant sort of hovering over him and i figure i we've got about another half year to maybe maybe a whole other year of hovering and yeah and then finally be he'll start becoming a really cool person yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i feel like we've we've started here so like let's let's uh let's just roll into it here um so we've talked about you mentioned bluma and wiley um so your dad that's why you're here obviously i'm really stoked to talk to you 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 know and and artist who is just I, i don't know if there's a more sort of iconic artist in the punk rock world um just some of your albums you know (laughs) (laughs) well so like just so notorious Mm -hmm. Uh, raymond pettibone is definitely one that comes to mind um when i think of iconic punk rock artists i mean yeah i've got chris sherry on my shirt here so that's another one oh there you go i was gonna say he was definitely one He's a he's a cool guy. He's definitely one that I was going to mention as well. But yeah, there's there's a there's a few out there, and and I, I don't mind being included in in the group. Um, it's, I, I've never. I mean, obviously Raymond Pettibone has a mm-hmm. you know a definite drawing style as well as Chris Sherry. Um, he ventures out. He does you know he's got these color panels that he caricature ish. Yep colored panels that he does but then i mean people eat up his sharpie drawings these yep. days yeah but i've got a few of them on my wall over here so okay um having created you know milo and i guess alroy for that matter um he's you know creating something that's that iconic that becomes t-shirts and you know really the face of the band in a sense um you know it's um 
hard to beat that. And I mean, I've, it, we didn't never expected it, but, um, you know, I was talking with Joey once and just the longevity of the nerdy girl on yes. the, um, cover of let's talk about feelings. Um, in a sense, she kind of became their mascot yep. <laughs> unintentional and, you know, but, um, and so it was funny because I brought it up. I was like, you know, we never named her. And he's like, yeah, I've thought about that. And and he actually mentioned an ex-girlfriend of his that it sort of reminded him of. And that's, you know, kind of the, where the whole thing came from. But I can't remember what her name was. It was something boring, too. It was just like Michelle or something. Yeah. <laughs> Does, but, doesn't have the same, uh, yeah, the same impact as like a Milo when it comes to the name, right? Um, yeah. but, but, uh, yeah, like absolutely just like for people who maybe don't, don't know you or don't, don't sort of know the face behind, um, those iconic works, like, you know, anybody who, you know, listened to punk rock over the last 30 years, if they look in their CD or record collection, like they've got a few of your works in there for sure. There's no question about it. Right. Records like uh heavy petting zoo. You talked about, let's talk about feelings, you know, on the outside by no use for name. Um, uh, or sorry, um, making friends, making friends. Making friends yeah. yeah. Um, but on the outside is probably my favorite song on that album. So. Yeah. Great song. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, so there's, there's a lot as well as the, um, it's funny because the, um, those fat comps i did the survival of the fattest and the um physical fatness ones and people i mean those were their soundtracks to their youth in a sense um yeah any anytime i post one of those like the amount of comments i get it's like oh i still listen to that all the time or this was all i listened to and you know through ninth grade or whatever it might have been um yeah, I get more comments on those than I I do on. I mean, I I always get the thumbs up or the likes for all the the album the you know no the band specific album covers, but those comps um, because they had so they would turn so many people on to so many different bands that it's it they, it's almost like it holds a dearer place in their heart than just the you know the band's album or whatever. So yeah, well, totally. I mean, the, the, those comps really changed. You know, they like I think if you look at like the big driving factors of, you know, punk rock sort of gaining popularity in the 90s, like there's obviously those huge records from Offspring and Green Day. But those fat rec comps are right up there, like for a lot of people, myself included, like those are kind of an introduction to to the genre and kind of, OK, maybe you knew one band or whatever. and But you got that comp and it was only five bucks or whatever. And you got 20 songs on there. And now you're exposed to all these different bands. So it was really a game changer for sure. There's also, uh, I mean, I, I definitely think the comps played a huge part in it. Um, Tony Hawk's video games. Yes. The soundtracks of those were insane. And I mean, you're sitting there and you're subconsciously, you know, because you're locked in playing whatever character you are skating around. Um, but the soundtrack, it's like, um, it you know it, it subconsciously enters you while yep. you're doing that and the next thing you know all you ever want to listen to is you know motorhead and yeah superman by uh goldfinger yeah yeah so um but yeah, yeah definitely i was one i was 
probably too old to be playing those video games, but loved them and played them way more than I should have. Yeah, so. me too. Me too. Well, hey, um, I should give you an opportunity to introduce yourself. We usually kind of start by asking, like, who are you? But maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll let you just in your own words. I, I'm kind of, you know, projecting what I know about you um, onto you. But maybe in your own words, I'll let you introduce yourself. Um, hi, my name is Mark DeSalvo. I um, am a artist, I guess. I, I've always called myself a freelance illustrator more than anything because... You know, I, um, I'm trying to, for the most part, paint, you know, artists paint what they want to paint, whereas illustrators try to paint what other people want painted that may not be able to paint. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting yeah. distinction I never really uh, realized before. I mean, I, I, it's, it's one of those things where I've, um, pe people always ask me my approach to, you know, any given record cover sometimes the band comes to me and they know exactly what they want they're like hey can you paint a guy doing this or what you know and they you know can pretty much visually explain the scene um other times people are like so do you got any cool ideas for a cd cover um and you know i'll try to come up with you know something cool something fun um and and so it's different every time you know at, um a lot of the times like the guys in poly they're like hey so here's a couple song titles we like that could be cool for the album title you, you know hoping maybe those will spark ideas or something so it's it's you know it's kind of cool because it's an art you know nothing's ever the same i yep i get really bored if you go to work every day and you're doing the same thing it's like i like I like that different things happen. <laughs> it's like new challenges arise, that sort of thing. Um, make make a work day go a lot more enjoyable than the same old monotonous day. I think well, some people like monotony where they don't want to be surprised at work. They're yep. there, you know, I come here to put the peg in the hole. Yep, I know that, what's expected of me. I'm just going to show up and do that and clock out when I'm done and that's it. Yeah. So uh, for someone who likes um surprises parenthood yeah. is perfect for you. Oh. you. You've got two young kids so um you're also a dad. Um I'm a dad. I um I'm an old dad. Um I actually there's a few of us around um just mentioning uh Mark Stern who's um yep. You know from punk rock bowling tournament um organizers the better youth organization yep. byo yep. records and of course um youth brigade youth brigade yeah um, you know he's actually i think a year or two older than me and he just had a brand new girl She's beautiful it's like insanely pretty the prettiest blue eyes but um yeah jay bentley has a brand new son um now that was full of surprises um no you know, kidding unforeseen medical stuff right off the bat uh, but it's he's an awesome little fighter it's really cool to see that um my buddy jesse fisher who was the, um the art director at epitaph as well as thrasher for quite a while um he's um got a five-year-old and a two-year-old as well um, okay. so 
we got this like old dad's club that you know we're all over 50 with, with um very young children uh well and... we uh, we asked jay bentley um like is it do you think it's different for like an older dad so he's got he's got older kids too yeah he's he's um, in a sense like on his second trip through fatherhood right um, so so he could kind of compare and contrast but what do you think like you know do you think it it's is it different for older dads um i think to me i couldn't have been a younger dad i you know i um i haven't always lived a good healthy lifestyle um uh, i still could live a healthier lifestyle but um it's one of those things where the person i was wouldn't have been able to cope with um you know there, there's a lot of i mean fatherhood's amazing but there's a lot of you know sleepless nights that you know i probably would have you know, not liked <laughs> yeah. when I was younger. Uh, you know, there's um, a lot more um, stress and pressure um, on you because you're now in charge of, you know, these, you know, very impressionable little minds. And, and I mean, when they're still really young, it's like, unable to t do anything, take care of themselves at all. And you're feeding them and you're, you know, just yep. everything is like you are their world. I, I don't think when I when I was younger, I don't think I could have. I mean, you know, you never know what happens if you're put into that situation. But I don't think I would have coped well. Um, the younger me, the older me, I, um, I'm all for it. I, you know, I, it was a planned thing, and yep. you know, my wife wanted kids. Um, our planning wasn't the best because apparently my wife read something. And so, you know, to, that she just misread something. And so um, her cycle that we were trying to lock in on good times to be procreating. Yep. Um, we were always trying at the wrong time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically we did a whole year and a half or so of, um, you know, poorly timed sex <laughs> and, and, and I actually went to I went to um the doctor and you know said that I probably needed to see how my swimmers are doing and right uh, uh, which is kind of a weird embarrassing thing to do um they fine <laughs> obviously yep. I've got, got a couple kids now yeah um she sort of realized uh or maybe read something else and realized it's like oh my god we've been you know I, we weren't trying at the right time yeah. every and so um, uh, yeah i guess there's like worse uh worse things that can happen uh you know but uh in the end everything was was all good so yeah that's great it's kind of a <laughs> that's a pretty hilarious story oh the, the the funniest part of that story is actually um I turned in, you know, turned in my sample. Yeah. And, you know, a week or so goes by and I hadn't heard anything. So I called the doctor's office up and um, his nurse or receptionist is, I think it was the nurse that picked it up. Um, the receptionist passed me to the nurse and the nurse said, oh, yes, um, 
the results for your vasectomy came back and it was successful. Oh. And I was like, I didn't get a vasectomy. <laughs> Is that I what I like, was hold, doing? Hold, hold on. And let me put, on, put you on hold real quick. And I was just like, what? And and then she gets back on the phone. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. Your test came back inconclusive. And so I'm like, and anyway, so the doctor did another sample. And again, that time we got got it right and then it worked out. But but it's like being told it's like your vasectomy was successful. I was like, that's not at That's all not what we were trying for the here. result we're after. And yeah. Uh, and when I and I told the doctor, I was like, yeah, and he, and he sort of just laughed. And I would have been like, really? You're not going to like yell at your nurse for giving false information to the patient or something? Yeah. Because it's a, you know, it's well, a it's scary pretty, thing to hear. Pretty scary. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that's never really come up on the, on the show before, but like for those of us who've been through that, uh, that process of bringing the sample down, like, you know, I can't think of a, well, it's, it's a, it's a pretty uh, uncomfortable sort of, you know, thing to do. You got to keep it in your coat and, you know, drive down there real <laughs> quick and you walk up to the window and they know what you're there for. And, you yeah. know, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. As I've seen, like, I think a, a movie or something where it's like, they're actually there at the doctor's office, which would be like, you know, um, yeah, you, you, you need something to get into the mood. <laughs> yeah. I think the crinkly paper under the under you on the doctor's examining table would take me out of that mood right away every yeah. time. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> so I guess in the end, you know, um, you got on track. You guys we got on out track. And... Yeah, and it's all good. And um, like I said, they, these, you know, well, it's actually funny. Bluma was planned. We were talking about wanting um wanting her to have a sibling and um both agreed that it was something we wanted but um you know it wasn't like it wasn't like we were trying you know the first time with bloom where we were really actively trying and um i came home once from work and she handed me the the test showing me that she was pregnant and i like looked at her and and i like you know i sort of rolled up into my head as i was trying to count like remember wait when did we actually have sex last sort of thing and she said i did the same thing (laughs) okay well i guess here we go go. number two (laughs) and he's He's amazing. He's, um, I can't believe how lucky I got. I mean, I guess everyone in the world says, says that, but I really just have insanely beautiful kids that are full of spunk and life and just amazing beaming smiles that, you know, and, um, all those, those are all the little payoffs that, you know, it's like, you don't, like I said, when I was younger and wouldn't have been able to deal with it. Um, I didn't know that all those little payoffs, you know, just uh, the other day taking Bloom to school, she, um, you know, I've, I've stopped trying to dress her at all. Just let her go however she wants. And she picks out great things. Um, and, um, but she, she wanted to wear her devil horns and a devil tail. And then she had some cowboy, red cowboy boots, red pants and a black and red shirt. 
but it was Friday, and Friday is like the color of the weekday. So you, we have to put her in. You know, she's supposed to be green, and so that night she was like determined that she was going to wear her red and black thing. The next day, I said, you know, go get your outfit on, and she called me in because she couldn't decide. She couldn't find anything green, and I said, oh well, we have your green school shirt, but I thought you wanted to wear your devil thing. And she said, yeah, but it is green. Because I had a conversation with her when she didn't want to wear the, mm-hmm. the green. I said, you know, it's um, it's not always just about you. The whole school is dressing in green. And it's sort of about participating. Uh, you know, if you really don't want to, you don't have to. But um, you might be the only person there not wearing green. Um, I don't know if that would matter. But, um, you know, it's, 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 all, it's all about being a group and part of a team in a sense. And I think it kind of stuck with her because then the next day she's like wanting to wear green. But so she still wore the whole thing, but with a green shirt. So she kind of had this sort of Christmas devil. (laughs) But the coolest thing is we're walking to school and she's skipping. She's like the happiest little kid skipping along on her way to school. And like all the other kids are just sort of walking along and she's just, and then she gets there and I like just stood back and just, looked at her and it's like seeing her confidence and her bravery to be wearing this funny little outfit and you know just how proud she is and 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 the mood she was in it's just it made my whole day and um and yeah just knowing that that somehow I'm doing something right that she has that that confidence in her yeah. and you know that that sense of pride in herself that makes you know as as but just seeing her i actually when when i you know you line them up and then the yep kindergarten teacher walks them off they go and sing and dance by a tree at the start of class before going into class so when they do that we all the parents wander away and i texted my wife i said you know i was like you know i know i'm biased but is she just better than every other baby? <laughs> it's like she and just and it explained how you know that just the pride and just how she's skipping and just her overall demeanor. And yeah, that's was one of those things where it's just like she blows me blows my mind how cool she is. <laughs> yeah. We were talking uh, about that, I think, before we kind of started rolling that like, you know, you your kids hit an age and they start to kind of become a little person. And, and that's when I feel like those moments, like they just become so powerful for you and you kind of, it's like, they do, they do the right thing or they're, or they're, yeah, they show their confidence or whatever it is. Like, it's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. She does it all, all the time. It's like, she's had, she's had a skateboard since before she could walk. Um, but just, uh, like a, about a month ago, she's like, you know, hey, Papa, can we go skateboarding? It's like, cool, she finally wants it. So we get all her pads and stuff on and, you know, just sort of like helping her, you know, I'm just sort of pulling her so she can just stand. She doesn't have to work on anything. And then the next day we worked on her pushing. And um, and now she's skateboarding down the street and stuff. And same thing with her bike. She We had a banana bike, the little walker kind of bike. Yep. Never into that but got her this bike and all of a sudden she's like 
you know, no training wheels, no nothing. And she's flying on that thing now. I just like, it's so cool. I know. But she, she decides when she wants to do it, you know, I, and I'm just there to make it as safe for, as possible for her when she does do it. You know, she's going to fall. She's going to wreck, but she's got the pad. She's got the helmet. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to, I'm sure, you know, it's, I, well, they have been a few times. You pick her up and you, you know, get a bandaid on the scraped knee and, and maybe give her a popsicle so she feels better. And, you know, but other than that, all you can do is protect them and try to make all the dangers in life, le you know, less dangerous, but let them experience them. They're not going to grow if they're not, you know, experiencing that, that risk factor in a sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, we kind of have to be there to guide them, but they're like, like you said, like when they're really little, obviously you're there to yeah. make sure they yeah. survive, feed them and whatever. But as they get older, you know, and, and, you know, we've got, got pretty young kids. I think obviously it's going to change more too, as they, you know, whatever they get to be teenagers and all that stuff, it evolves, but you're kind of there to, you, you learn as time goes on, you're just there to really guide them. And, and, you know, I'm here for support. I want you to know you can trust me. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm here to help you, but yeah, well, you have to start podcast. I, it made me realize it's like people like Jay Bentley are such a good reference. Um, the fact that, like I said, he's, you know, his kids run the gamut from being full grown adults with kids on their own. And I, does his oldest have his, I think kid? so. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, um, to then having Dragon, who's just a you know still a baby, it's like he's got decades of of knowledge of earned earned knowledge um, yep. that he could pass on. So, um, but yeah, and then this your whole group in general is is a I think a cool valuable resource because um, my dad wasn't around um, when I was a kid him and my mom split when um i may have been around four and um and there are so many things that um so yeah like one of the things little that things you know dumb little yeah. things that i could have asked my dad about you know through my teens um you know things i you don't want to talk to your mom about because you also don't want your mom to know that you're thinking about some of these things. Um, and yeah, so, um, so as you know, right now they're, they're babies, but as they get into those teen years, I'm, I'm probably going to be watching a lot more of your podcast just to brush up on, you know, like, I, I, I don't know how, yeah, there's so many things that so many sure. things that I've got in store for me that um, you know well, I probably need some help with. <laughs> people say it takes a village, right? And I think that's sort of what what we're trying yeah. to do is like create yeah. that community. So you might get something from each you know conversation that like <clears throat> you never thought about before. I've had so many of these interviews where I like go downstairs afterwards and tell my wife like holy shit, this guy, you know, so-and-so said this. And like, I never really thought about it that way. And and it's really changed me. You know, some of those things have really stuck with me. And 
Um, so yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, um, that's kind of what we're, what we're trying to do. I mean, the reality is none of us, none of us are experts, but it, it takes a village, right? And so we all have to kind of learn from each other. I'm curious. So you kind of talked about you, you didn't think you would be a rad dad if you'd had kids when you were younger. Are you a rad dad now? I like to think so. I mean, you know, um, well, when I think of a rad dad, I think of someone that is um, a 100% participant, you know, um, whether it's, um, you know, I love the days that I, t- I actually get bummed out sometimes. For some reason, Bluma likes when I take her to school, but she likes it better when her mom or her grandma picks her up. And um, so, so, so yeah, it's like I go and pick her up and she's like, comes out, she smiles and hugs and gives me a hug. And then she's like, but I wanted mom to pick me up today. And it's like, oh, you knew she was busy at work or whatever it might've been. And, um, and, but then it's like this sort of thing. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like a bummer because she sits in that such a perfect mood on the way to school. And then, then you, um, pick her up and she wished, wished the other parent was there. But I know it's just, she's just a, when she gets home from school, it's sort of like she needs to decompress a little bit, you know? Um, So it's also just, you know, it's her, I guess, three weeks into it now. And it went from daycare being um, a couple hours a day to these full, you know, nine to three, yep, uh, nine to three thirty days. um, And she's kind of, it's a big change for them. Yeah. So, and usually when I pick her up, it's like, hey, let's go get milkshakes and go to the park. She's like, no, I just want to go and chillax and watch a show. I was like, okay, that's what we'll do then. Yeah. But yeah, from from taking them to school, taking them to Little League, if that's something down the road, um, you know, just it's just participating in, in all of it. And, um, and, and yeah, I'm happy to do that. And that's, I think, the funnest part. It's, um, you know, I know that her mom and grandma, because I'll be locked in needing to finish some artwork or painting. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fan of crowds. That COVID really threw a crazy monkey wrench into everything. And, um, you know, with her not getting any of that social sort of social social learning that you would yep. get from just taking your kids to a park and letting them play with other kids you know because everyone's on lockdown um we were i was always worried that she was going to miss out on that um and when i'm working her mom and you know they like to go to like sea world or to the zoo things like that so so when they're doing those things on the weekends um during the week i'll go but on the weekends it's just too crowded for me yeah. And, um, and, but so she's still getting all of that. And, um, and there's definitely things that I would like to participate in with, with that. But, you know, it's one of those things. It gives her and her, her grandmother have this amazing relationship too. They're like best friends. And, and that's a and cool so thing to see to too. That. Yeah. We have kind of weird living situation right now. Um, she lives directly across the street. It's like everybody loves Raymond. Sort yeah. Of. <laughs> um, and um, and so so yeah, it's weird. And right now, uh, my wife's staying over there more than here, and 
I have actually joked that I feel like I I'm a single dad that's dating a single mom. <laughs> whenever I have the kids, she's off doing her own thing. Whenever she has the kids, I'm doing my own thing. So it's like, so when when are we actually a couple? Is the hard part. Um, you know, it's it's funny you mentioned that because I like my kids are similar ages, like maybe a few years ahead. Um, so I have a, I have a four-year-old just about five. She's in kindergarten, but then also a, a seven-year-old just about eight. Um, and I feel like this, like at this particular point in time, and maybe for like the last few years, um, and probably for a few more years, like that's how me and my wife are too. Like, we're just kind of like moving two separate directions all the time. I think that's going to obviously change or get better at some point but it's kind of a necessary thing like you said like you kind of have to divide and conquer especially with multiple kids i feel like and yeah. we've really realized the benefit i don't know if you guys have have noticed this too um maybe you you will more like as as um wiley gets older but we've really noticed the benefit of them having one-on-one -on -one time with us too like as opposed sure. to always doing everything together or like me with both the kids or whatever when i have that like one-on-one -on -one time with the kids there's a different thing that happens there like it's really i feel like it's really good for the relationship yeah no i agree and um and and we do split it up like that um it's a lot easier to deal with one and um you know i've, I've always just running dumb errands dropping things at the post office or running to the art store or whatever and bloom i can take bloom on those just with it if it's just her or i can take wiley if it's just him but together it's impossible yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah if i uh, take both kids to the grocery store it's like i need to plan for like two hours there it's yeah, yeah. whereas you bring one it's like yeah they're follow along and it's all good but but two of them together it's a different different beast yeah well that's good to know i mean that's that's funny because um just a few weeks ago is our um 10th anniversary well, congratulations uh, thank you thank you um and bluma decided to crash our dinner so <laughs> so um so yeah our one little chance at a, a date and bluma said that kind of cute but then we also can't let her um hang on to it we're gonna have to cur you know break her out of this cycle um she said um i don't like it when you kiss mommy because it makes me think you love her more than you love me <laughs> and, she said, and i was like i thought it was so cute and, I, and yeah. of course I her and i said you know i love you more than anything in the world and her mom explained it pretty good because you know i told her told that to her too and and then bluma turned around later and said the same thing to her and um so we both sat to talk to her and we said you know when when your mom and dad met we loved each other more than we thought we could ever love anyone and then when we had you our hearts grew because we had so much more love in them and you know now then we loved you more than anything but we still loved each other and then when wiley came along our hearts grew again and you know so so we could love more again and uh so 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 just because you love someone else 
doesn't mean you stop loving some you know stop loving someone so you can love someone else your heart just grows and it allows you to love as much you know each person as much as you possibly can and try to explain it that way yeah um that's a good um, way of explaining but, it. But I feel still, like that's uh, a good one. Where it's like, now it's like, oh, Bloom is not looking. I mean, yeah. like, give me a quick kiss. And it's like, uh, so. Yeah, once, I, you know, it's it's tough navigating that stuff. Like the, just the the attachment they get to you. And, and um, yeah, I mean, having those situations where they, you know, you had you planned a night out you planned to do something and the kids you know they just throw a wrench into it and you kind of have to roll with those things as you know because it's not always going to be that way either but uh yeah yeah it's tough like they they need to learn all these things right like that i don't even think they you know they're when they're young they don't even understand like that you are a couple like the parents are you know that they are a couple they don't really understand that either they kind of see you as like you're here to protect me but they're not thinking about your relationship right so they have to learn that and you and see how you interact and all those things too right well it's it's also one of those things that um i this would have been a year or so ago that i you know gave her mom a big hug and kiss and you know, she like was like, "What are you doing? You guys never kiss," <laughs> and, and that sort of stuck with me. I was like, "You know, okay, well, you know, I need to like be more affectionate, you know, to her mom, so yeah. she sees. I, you know, I want her to see a good, healthy relationship, um, you know, between her parents. So it's something that she." has to you know when down the road when she's going to be having relationships she's going to understand the difference between a healthy one and a toxic one yeah. a little bit better when she has first-hand knowledge of what a healthy one looks like as you know my hopes at least and um and but so yeah so then it backfired because now it's like hey wait quick is enough so, <laughs> i don't know it's just you know She's also just, she's at that age where she's getting too tricky for us. Um, she plays it, plays each, plays us, plays us against each other, you know, where, um, mm-hmm. you know, dad said this and I was like, you know, her mom's and we'll bring that something up. I was like, I didn't say that. No, she's playing you as I did not say that. She's like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. And sometimes you did say it too. And, and. Then you kind of, you know, <laughs> then, then that causes yeah. even more well, problems. She's, yeah, she's been caught, like, you know, again, her mom lives right across the street, and I guess overheard her mom complaining about me doing this or doing that or something, and so she came, came you know, told me, it's like, well, mom says, yeah, and it's like, it's like, you told her I did this? It's like, well, she just overheard, and yes, I'm sorry that she heard that. It's like all right, whatever. Yeah. They're they're listening. <laughs> Always. Always, yeah. Uh she's so funny too. She's like um she's like the language police now. Um, you know. So so even um when it comes to like music, I'll be listening to someone something and she's like, they just said a bad word. I don't like this song. They said a bad word. It's like, okay. 
guess I can't finish listening to this album. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I have to put uh, fuck authority away right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no more propaganda for you today. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, it's kind of cool. I like that she, you know, instead of adopting the words for her own and walking around cussing in kindergarten, she's like, those are bad words, you know, and telling yeah. us not to say them. So, it's, you know, it's funny. <laughs> we, we're having that conversation a lot right now. And, like just we don't really um censor the music that we listen to around the home so that's where i would say the number one sort of like exposure to bad words comes from in our house and even like things you maybe wouldn't expect to have that kind of language like the the new taylor swift album the kids love that but there's quite a bit of swearing on that album and yeah and uh and so it's like brought up this conversation about like well, how come Taylor Swift can say it? Like, if it's a bad word, you know? So then we've had to talk about like art and like, well, you know, it's art and it's an expression. And so, you know, like in the right context, you can, you could say a word like that, but you would never hear me say that word to my boss or my teacher or, you know, my, uh, you know, grandma and grandpa or, you know, so you have to learn like when it's appropriate to use those words and when it's not. And so, you know, we've been kind of exploring that. I, I don't know how well it's going because we're, we're still getting charged a dollar every time we swear in the house by, by <laughs> our <guess>. oldest daughter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. She, um, when Bluma did start saying some cuss words, we just explained to her that, um, you know, you can say words like that and we say words like that too. But um, sometimes it's smarter to choose better words, yep. um, you know, because and, and you know, basically explaining to her that, you know, um, bad words, you know, can hurt people's feelings and insult people. Um, and so, so you always want to use words that won't be, you know, won't offend people, basically. Um, I, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but we're yep. just, um, you know, it's like, be expressive. And if that is really how you feel, then maybe you can say that word, but maybe try to think of other words that might help describe what you feel better than that word. And, yep. um, and yeah, she, she doesn't cuss and she, unless she's super, super mad. And then when she does, it's so cute. Yeah, exactly. You, you have to like hold back your laughter, right? Yeah, because that's just going to make her more mad. Yes, you know, and she's, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, you can use the F word pretty much any sort of way and it works. And somehow she figures out ways to use it that, that are just cute and funny and, uh it is uh that's hilarious <laughs> it's like it's not really how that word's supposed to work but yeah anyways yeah she's um so many little things and and i don't know i i, it, it, I, I realize i've been smiling this whole interview because yep. it's just you're you're thinking about you know what you <clears throat> having a kid there's just so many millions of instances that just you know yeah it's it's one of those things that's it's it's it takes you over 
in the day-to-day you it's easy to like lose those things right you're kind of just like focused on okay where do I need to get next and all that kind of stuff and so it's it is nice to kind of reflect back and and think about some of these things because they make you realize how how much these little people change you you know um Mark I wanted to ask you a little bit about your health scare you had a couple years ago and sort of how that impacted your family like as I as I understand it you um you know just kind of sitting around one night and basically felt felt a lump right yeah I was was at my desk painting and sort of just put my um you know sort of trying to get comfortable I guess put my hand um here as I was sitting there scribbling or doodling or whatever I was doing I was like felt the little bump and felt like you know if you've had uh strep throat or anything like that ever you know the swollen glands um it felt like i had a swollen gland but i didn't have a sore throat to accompany it and and so i went and i looked you know a little flashlight and looked in the back of my throat and you know wondering if i was going to start seeing some of those little cauliflower looking things that because i would get strep throat way too often it seemed like i um almost like once a year i felt like i got strep throat and it's actually one of the funny things covid made me realize um you know being at home and not bartending because i've bartended from the time i was 21 until covid happened um i got i would just get colds or get you know because you're just constantly breathing everyone's germs when you're behind the bar people are just spitting their orders into your face you know yelling at them because it's loud and yeah um i would you know i would always get at least a you know big flu once a year but i you know have some pretty gnarly colds three or four times the through the year as well um but anyways that's a whole different subject um but yeah so not bartending i'm like holy cow i never i don't know if i want to go back to bartending because i don't want to get sick anymore but um anyways i I noticed that and um and yeah it was um just sort of you know didn't think about it but then later on that evening i was like still looking at i you know said said to my wife hey feel this and she's like oh yeah i do feel a bump there and and i had been we had our insurance had switched and so i'd been needed a new doctor and had an appointment made to to meet with my new primary um physician and um you know called them and mentioned it's like hey i was hoping to get in sooner because the appointment was like for a month out um i said i've got this weird like lump in my um neck and you know, I was curious about it and they said, Oh, call this number, which I called and it's basically just described what it was and could hear her typing away. It's like she was a nurse of some sort. And um she said, Oh yeah, we need to get you in right away. Um can you get to La Jolla, which is, you know, close enough here. Um I was like, you know, of course. And went up there, they biopsied it the next day and Two days later, I had um, what's it called? Uh, squamish cell carcinoma would be the technical or the, the medical term for it, but throat cancer is the easy way to say it. It's pretty much the same cancer 
Val Kilmer had. Um, okay. I think Michael Douglas as well. Um, it's quite common. They've realized um, it stems from HPV, um, you know, the human pav, 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 papillomavirus. Whatever. Yep. Um, anyways, um, women, you know, they, they actually um, vaccinate for that now. Women, yeah. it was causing a lot of um, cervical cancer in women. Turns out um, all the guys that they didn't think it did anything to, it actually does, but it just lays dormant. You know, it's looking for someplace just like a cervix or just nice, warm, wet area to hang out in. Yeah. Um, so women right away um, started getting cervical cancer. Um, Ten years down the road, guys started getting throat cancer. Um you know, the nice, warm, wet area to hang out in. And um, so I think they're probably going to start um, vaccinating men now as well. <laughs> um, but um, anyways, fortunately, the doctor said, you know, it's, um, I mean, it's cancer. So it's always, always, you know. Well, a bad thing, but it's a beatable cancer. Um, and and apparently, I, I maybe I just only hear the things I want to hear. Uh, you know, my wife was in there with me for the first meeting with the main guy who was going to be doing all the, you know, overseeing all the radiation and, and chemotherapies and stuff. Um, because when we got home, she was... Saying things about feeding tubes and stuff like that, and I was like, "I'm not getting a feeding tube." She's like, "Did you not hear him say that you might need a feeding tube?" And I was like, "Well, I'm not getting a feeding tube. I'll, you know, figure it out." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and well, fortunately, I, I didn't need a feeding. I mean, I it probably would have been a lot less painful. Um, but um, I, yeah, the the worst part about it, there's just something called thrush, and. Mm -hmm. Um, I got the thrush and that basically thrush feels like, well, in your throat, at least it feels like if you had strep throat and decided to gargle, um, lime soaked glass shards, that'd be the best way I could describe. Yeah. It doesn't sound very good. Thrush. <laughs> and so that was, um, you know, but it's because the radiation just strips all the, good stuff out of your um out of you as well so yeah. um things that fight bacteria and stuff like that the radiation is killing those off so they had me like gargling with um you know greek yogurt um okay you know that's to sort of help add some of those um the good bacteria back or in. whatever back to good bacteria is back to you um and and then obviously the um antibodies to fight the thrush but um so trying to eat during that prog part of it was definitely tough um what's but, going um, through your mind like when you have that and and we talked about this before like i i've i've had a, a cancer diagnosis when i was younger too and and um but but i didn't have kids at that time like what's going through your mind when you hear that uh, word um, as you know, a dad of you had like both kids were born at that time, right? Yeah, Wiley yeah. was still um, 
you know, it's, he's still just a infant. Yeah, he wasn't one yet. And um, Bluma didn't like that, you know, I, I actually, again, just wanted to involve her. Um, you know, the participation factor, bring her into what I had to go through because yeah. I, I, you know, when I first started going, she, you know, it was like, I don't know if she was worried. I mean, she's still just a, you know, three-year-old girl um, and trying to put her head around this sort of thing. Um, so I took her with me so she could, you know, took her to the hospital I was going to every day for radiation treatments, took her so she could see that it's not a big, scary place. She got to meet um, some of the nurses and doctors. And um, one of the things I did, there was a... Uh, like a rock garden in front of the cancer center there. And um, some people, some of the nurses had actually already started painting some rocks every now and then. So we started taking rocks home mm -hmm. and me, my wife and Bluma, we would, you know, paint rocks every night so I could take the rocks back. But then Bluma being her, um, she would like want to keep the rocks. So like, you know, no, this one, it's like if I painted one that she really liked, she'd like, oh, no, I want to keep that one. So I, there were a few rocks I ended up painting just for her. Yeah. Uh, other ones. And she would paint rocks, but she would want to keep them instead of giving them. And uh, she's just funny. But so so in doing that and introducing her to where I was going and and as well as just the the rocks, which totally, I mean, you know, when you got you're bringing back, you know, two or three rocks every day um, for, you know, just about two months. Um, we, the rock garden got filled up quite a bit. And, um, and yeah, there's actually some really cool rocks in there. Um, we, we had a lot of fun with it. Um, That's awesome. So, like so, so, but bringing her into that and keeping her involved, um, you know, I, I look back on it. And there's photos that I see. Um, I remember, I think it was Father's Day last year. Um, you know, her mom just pulled out all these phones from all these photos from her phone. And there were just so many where I was in bed. And I mean, the kids are laying with me and we're reading or we're, you know, we're having fun. But, um, you know, it's, while I was actually going and getting the radiation, it wasn't so bad. But the second they stop, and I, I think it's one of those things was where they take you, they take you to the verge, and then then stop because any any more you might not recover from. Yeah. And so once they stop, and that's sort of when it all really hits you. Um, they had told me to wipe, uh, you know, to cover my neck in Aquaphor um, every day just to put a bunch of vitamin E oil, yep. whatever, you know, Neosporin. But they said Aquaphor, so I got Aquaphor. And, um, and I was doing that, and I wish they would have told me to be way more thorough and, like, slather everything because um, once the the radiation it, it it starts burning through you yeah. it's like so I, it's anyways it was fine right here but like all on my collarbone here and a little bit on my cheek 
I started getting these like third degree blisters, sort of burn blisters, but coming from the inside because like oh the, I guess the radiation is still kind of in you. And when you stop getting it, it's trying to get out or something. I, I mean, I have no idea, but so I had these like crazy burns from from you know but this was all good and it's like oh man i should have just been swimming in that stuff but um but so but then you're just completely wiped out i was just sleeping and getting up to eat and just so i could sleep some more and um i remember it was maybe a month or two where i you know got up you know wanted to take bluma to the park and we went and I ran around, just chased her around for like five or ten minutes, and and then it was just like we gotta go, we gotta go, and totally wiped. And she still wanted to have fun. She was still wanting to play, and I was like, no, blue, we gotta go. And basically got home and like slept for twelve hours. It's like it just completely wiped me out, and and it took a, you know, it was a good year before, um, you know, it was one of those things where it's like I gotta get up. I can't just keep. Mm-hmm. It was, it was bothering me how you know just like i i wasn't i i yeah just had no energy it's like it's like i gotta i gotta make my own energy i guess and so it's like i started going for walks and then those walks turned into jogs and started getting healthy again which felt good and slowly building back stamina and strength and um but i also noticed that like you know say if i you know when you work out you say you do a bunch of push-ups or whatever the next day your chest muscles might hurt a bit yep um that hurt lasted longer <laughs> and then and then so the next time you go and do push-ups usually it won't hurt because you've you know you've started your muscles have started getting used to it it hurts just as bad <laughs> a yeah. week later and trying to do them again and so so my body's not recovering as fast as it used to and that could be the fact that i'm you know was you know 54 55 at the time um and well it changes it, you and and it's it's, it's it's that and the age again it would have been great to have a a dad to say hey what you know because you know i i don't i haven't had anyone to say hey what's a you know is this normal is for this normal this yeah um, you know it's funny i um and thank you like thank you for sharing your your story i know it, it is personal you you mentioned at the beginning when we were talking like well, this is different for me like i'm not used to talking about personal stuff and so i do yeah i really do appreciate it um because there yeah there are you know there are dads out there that are going through this kind of stuff too and they don't know how to talk to their kids like this story you told about involving bluma and and you know painting the rocks and finding a way to kind of bring some light into that but but also not hide it from from her like what's going on um i think sometimes as parents we want to do that like shield our kids from from reality yeah. and and as we were talking about like they are they're watching they know something's up right and so so bringing them into that experience is is really important and and you know one thing i was going to mention like i know for myself you kind of talked about the year after to recover like it took me a while after like so i went through um chemo and surgery and stuff but i i was like a different person when it was done and i think everybody sort of like 
I don't know if they expect this or not, but this is what I, maybe this is what I was expecting of myself. Once it was done, you know, I got the all clear, like, great, good news. I should be happy and just go back to normal life and it should be totally fine. But I was fucked up afterwards. Like I, like it took me quite a while to just like wrap my head around. Like I just went through this huge, crazy scare. And like, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for my life? Like, also physical stuff like you talked about like I could I had I lost feeling in my feet from my chemo and didn't come back for like a couple years really um and so you know you go through these things and and once it's all over and nobody's paying attention to you anymore and you just kind of have to like return to your normal life it's like what like how do I just (laughs) go back to normal here Uh, right like I don't uh, know maybe maybe my experience is different than yours but um no I I I think you touched on some definite similarities is trying to again it's just trying to get back to feeling like you did before you had it and you know i'm trying to get back in shape i being an older dad i want to be i want to be able to you know help coach my son's little league and shag balls and stuff like that for him yeah and a year ago when you know a little chasing a three or four year old around a playground for 10 minutes completely wiped me out i was like you know how do i get get some of that back and you know i've um i've got some cool friends um down here in san diego that um you know old guys like me that are still awesome skateboarders some of them have ramps and stuff in their backyard that I'll get to ride every now and then. And, um, you know, I'm trying to, it's one of those things where, um, I've always loved skateboarding, but I also don't want to break my hip. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll go to the park and it's like, you know, take a look at that pool. And I was like, you know, I don't think I'm going to drop in. I think I'm just going to jump down into it, then carve for a while yeah. and climb back out. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't want my wheels to leave the ground anymore as well. It's like, you know, so I'm not trying to ollie over this or, you know, launch yeah. off of that. Just I'm just trying to groove and flow through things. And, and that feels great. And it's also just being out there. And again, um, you know, trying to get back into shape has helped me a lot to cope with that because i mean obviously one of my my main goal is to be healthy and have the longevity to stick around as long as i can for the kids um but just trying to get back to the person that i was before having to go through all the radiation and chemo um to you know because that's it's you're right it's it's yeah and and there is a lot of you know people doting on you because of what you're going through and then yeah it sort of goes away and you're like but wait you know no one's no one's doting on me anymore but i still feel like shit and i still still have trouble getting out of bed in the morning it's like you know i still i still want you know yeah yeah, one of those things it's like um the process isn't over even though they might think you know they you know yeah, it's it st- stays with you far longer, and I, I it's something I didn't know. They didn't really tell me that. Um, me you know, I, I did go on some forums and read some things, but it was different for everyone. Some people were, 
you know, and I'd freak out. It's like, what was it? Ruth Bader Gaines, Gainsburg. Didn't she like, she, she was like still working every day while she was battling cancer. So think about stuff like that. Jamie Raskin right now. Um, he's always wearing a, a babushka or a bandana or something on his head now. Um, Cause he's going through cancer treatments and showing up on the Senate floor every day or Senator house house floor every day. Um, and um, you know, it's like, well, you know, yeah. I, I would get a, I would get up and paint a little bit, but I wasn't. You know, it's like it's it's, it's, it's some people some people can handle it different. I guess I don't know. To me, it completely the the radiation just wiped me out. I I had low dose chemo, so I didn't lose my hair or anything. Uh, but the radiation was you know every day for Monday through Friday for um, eight weeks. So yeah, it's uh, a huge huge um you know impact to your life and your family and and everybody i'm so happy to hear everything's all good now it sounds yeah. like right so in remission is in that, remission i've been in yeah. remission for over a year now and awesome. um and like i said i was i was actually getting back into pretty good shape um but then the start of summer um I was getting bad calf cramps when I would run. So I sort of stopped and now I'm feeling soggy again. So I need to yeah. ease Welcome myself. To back into it. And <laughs> I'm, I'm always dumb. It's like, I was like, I gotta go, you know, going to start running again. And then I'll go on a run and be like, Oh, I should have eased into it. I should like, maybe I should have done a couple two mile walks before <laughs> going out and running, a, you know, six miles again. Yeah. And, and so, so basically trying to do it without causing something in my body to hurt so I can keep doing it is, is my new goal. Just trying yeah. to, you know, cause as, as you get older, you just start realizing like. It doesn't take know. much to, to lay up on the couch, right? Like you sleep yeah. funny and all of a sudden your back hurts and yeah, this is getting old. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I do sleep funny. And it's like, then you got a kinked neck all day. And you're just like, oh, so, yeah. so many things. Anyways, boring well, stuff about talking about getting old. That's no, just, man, this is what it's all about. This is dadhood. <laughs> but I, you know, I want to celebrate, you know, your your health. And, and I know a lot of people probably like myself were kind of following what was happening. Uh, people I, in the punk rock community had tons of support and people were, um, were sharing sure. and 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 you I were mean, sharing and yeah, i was i was overwhelmed by you know so how many people just reached out um you know i i didn't want to do like a gofundme or anything like that and so i just i you know had a bunch of prints made and you know i did a postcard set i was like you yep. know i did have a you know donate if you want button on my website but i just you know one of those things where i was like holy cow i'm selling so much artwork but then afterwards you're like wait were they just donating money to me or did they really want that print so like, i need to stop by all these people's houses and see if the print's really hanging on their wall or not yeah well i know uh you know lots of my friends uh have have your work up in in their homes and stuff too and i, I mean it's just it, you know for a lot of people 
you know, your work is so important to them, some of the things you've done over the years. So it's, I guess, you know, it's a good segue. Speaking of the importance of your work, tell me about what's happening at uh, the Punk Rock Museum. Um, Yeah, starting this weekend. This weekend, yeah, tell me about it. Um, We open, it's going to be a retrospective style, um, retrospective style art show at the Punk Rock Museum, which... I went when I went to drop off all the artwork, um, got to go and spend a little time checking it out. It's pretty awesome. And, um, you know, good friends with some of the people that did all the gathering for the artwork. And so got my own little sort of personal tour. And, you know, you're seeing like the just drummers, um, Telecaster and, you know, it's a standard um, telly with the ashtray style bridge, and it's just so rusted and corroded. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's like, you know, that's his sweat and toil that yep. totally ate that metal up. And and he's and that's still just the guitar that he's rocked forever, and and that's hanging in there. And you're like, you know, it's just one of those things. It's so cool to see in person, and um. I realized, um, you know, when I, I basically just said, Hey, Mike, what do you think about having an art show there? And, and, uh, he's like, Oh, that's, you know, sounds awesome. Let me call you tomorrow. And, and he didn't. And like a month or so went by and, um, I had recently done the cover for the fat Mike gets strung out. Quintet. Um, and the painting was hanging in my bedroom and, um, so I sent Fat Mike a text. I was like, you know, it's a shame that me and my wife are the only because they, they hadn't announced that that was out yet. Um, they actually did that that later that day that I texted him. But I said, you know, it's a shame that me and my wife are the only ones that see this cool painting of you. Uh, maybe we should have an art show. And they announced that that album was out that day. And then he called me later that evening. And and uh, the way he said it was kind of cool. He's like, you know, I just got off the phone with Monkey the other day from the Attics, mm-hmm. and he's an artist. He called me. He wants to have an art show. You know, it's like guys like Kevin Seconds paint. You know, they want every, you know all these old punkers that do art. They want to have an art show there. And I keep telling him I'm not a gallery. And uh, and he said, but you. Europe belongs in the museum because <laughs> it's part of the punk rock history. It's the album covers and it's, you know, um, poster designs and stuff that, that we've all seen over the years. And that's exactly what I want in this museum. So, so, so for you, I'll have a show. And I was like, all right. I'm, that's awesome. <laughs> the slow segue into that was good. And, um, so we and- started talking about it and, um, you know, I told him, I, was, I said, you know, I've got a bunch of newer stuff, um, but I, you know, the goal was to go and get a lot of these older paintings. Um, and, you know, went on this big, long road trip up through, up and down California, stopping in different cities, um, meeting with different, you know, as was a really fun, the, this, with the exception of the driving part, um, you know, I stopped in to see Dave Ron, um, to pick up the let, let's talk about um feelings cover you know it was 25 years ago that we did that album cover and we're sitting around joking about that and just all this it's just such a neat thing and every little stop was was that and 
and my my whole thing was like you know why do people want to come you know go to this see this where they can just go onto my website and see this artwork and you know or look at their own record collection and see whatever it might be um but when i picked up um i actually stopped in to pick up the no effects um the three paintings they're they're all in different places but for the heavy petting zoo and my friend um my friend who actually posed for me um in the photos for my photo reference um he he has the back cover where the guy is at the dinner table um with a rack of lamb and yeah. i hadn't seen that thing in almost 30 years and it's there's something about originals that doesn't always translate and there's just so much more vibrancy so much more life in this original painting than it there is on the back of the record cover and that's when i like mm -hmm. realized it's like okay this is going to be cool because you know it's, it's the same thing i was trying to explain about looking at that just drummer guitar and i'm not trying to compare one of my paintings to his guitar because that thing is insanely awesome um but there's a it has its own life you know you you when you see all the 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 natural relicking from him just beating on it for so long it's and that and that's sort of what i think people will get out of this art show is you know this is a painting that they've known forever they've had that record cover but especially there's ones like um the no use for a name making friends um the printing on that was terrible it's like all black with a big orange blobby fire and you can see the little kid in the back but the original painting you notice all all that black you notice all the little wood the, the wood colors and the greens and the trees and stuff that all just sort of washed out in the print but that when you see that original it's just so much better and we me and mike made some gicle prints of that a couple years back um and they you know they were really nice prints and so they had some of it but when i and we actually that painting had been missing for 25 years and luckily we we were able to find it and so it'll be at the show you know i do commissions all the time and people you know when i'm done i you know say hey here's your tracking number you'll have it in a few days um and i i offer them it's like you know if you'd like i can send you a picture you could so you can see it now i always tell them it's like it, they look way better in person but if you really want to see it and every it's it's i would say it's 50 50 with the people that want to see it you know open the box and see it for the first time and you know the other half they're like oh no i need to see it now i need to see it now it's like they would have like to stand over my shoulder watching me paint it probably yeah <laughs> you know sort of thing um but um yeah just the artwork your eyes pick up and feel far more information from the canvas or the illustration board it might be done on than they will from a printed piece and and a lot of this goes back to the fact that you know 25 years ago the you know technology's advanced so much printing you know i i never cared what you know it's like i was always just happy that i had a record cover 
And so when I saw it, it's like I wasn't like, oh, the printing on this is just the worst, which it was, <laughs> but I didn't care because I it's like, look at my new album cover. Yeah. And uh, and so it was um it's really nice to go back and just as you're gathering all this stuff up, obviously getting to see old friends and um uh, and you know just talk, you know, just catching up and all that stuff. But then actually seeing the pieces, I was like, you know, okay, this, you know, it was it was definitely for me, it was a really neat experience. And it's what something I think that makes worth going to that show. Cause you know, if you've seen the art, it's the same thing. Why people go to any museum, you know, um seeing that art in person and you know, you're not allowed to touch and whatnot at museums, but you're still there with it. And there's a your eyes feel that you're, there's a tactile quality yeah. that your eyes can see that you know you might not have you know in all of your art history books you know you might have loved that painting your whole life but seeing it in real life it opens up a whole new thing and and i think actually having that's the museum has all of those relics from you know these different eras of punk rock music and and that's what makes it such a neat place is that, you know, this was the guitar Joe Strummer played or, you know, this was Jerry Only's bass that he shattered on stage and then glued back together, you know, in, in this yeah. coffin display case. It's like there's so many neat little things through there. And I think that um, when it comes to my exhibit, um, which I'm hoping is the first of many um, artists, you know, we mentioned a couple Pettibone and Chris Sherry is like, uh, I could list, you know, I could list a few years worth of um, revolving art exhibits that they could have. Um, you know, I figure if you do one a month and if you, if you have one that lasts a month long, then you take it down. And as you're putting up the other one, it goes, uh, you know, a month, maybe a little over a month each time. Um, but that gives you opportunities to have opening events as well as a closing gala um, to get people in. And it's also just another reason to go because if you've gone, once you've been there, why would you go back if you don't have new art coming through? Yeah. So I think um, opening up the room, which was originally put in there to be the wedding chapel. Yeah. Uh, and, and they, you know, we'll still have weddings in there, but, I think I would rather have a wedding in a room full of art than totally, you know, you know. So, so to me, I think it'll still be able to serve its purpose purpose as a chapel, um, but a much more vibrant and better to look at chapel. Yeah, and, and for um, for people who haven't been to the museum, and so I I was very fortunate to get to go earlier this year. Um, flew down in in June and got to check it out, and I think it is like the thing that everybody says is when you see it for the first time, you just, you didn't expect it to be so good. And so legit, and, you know, it's, it's so it really well is. done. And, and what you feel as you walk through, you know, you're going to learn some things, you're going to kind of see some things that maybe you didn't know that much about, maybe you'd even pass over those things. But one of the most powerful things is you kind of see these items that you have this personal connection to, whether it's, you know, it was, 
you saw the band play that instrument on stage or, you know, it's a record cover that you, you know, you loved or, you know, whatever, some artifact, Milo's glasses from the descendants, right? Like um, yeah. these things really mean something to you and uh, they kind of evoke this, um, there's an emotional component. And, and so I think that's kind of what you're saying too, is as you're reconnecting with some of these paintings that you did a long time ago, like there it's bringing back these memories and emotions and, and there's just, there, there's detail there too that kind of almost was lost and so getting to see it kind of brings you back to that place and I'm sure that's what it'll be like for people who get to get to experience your exhibit I, I, I really hope so and and like I said I you know they're you know this is the first time they're doing this but I think that there's definitely enough artists that this could be something that continues to happen as well as when I was you know like I said I got a, you know little personal tour from one of the gals that helped collect all of these artifacts and um and the you know the way she described it is it's almost like it's a it's it's a work in progress you know that um and it, it makes so much sense i mean when you were there it's june so they're really freshly just opening um they had been collecting things for the, a few years and and now now that they're open and all these record labels and bands are like whoa this place is fully legit they're all like saying will you take this can we put this in your museum here have this whereas a few years ago they're like i don't know if i want to lend you my guitar for you know right it's like there, there's it's like they they were sort of I guess skeptical like is this really going to happen what, who are these girls that I'm going to hand off my old leather pants to or whatever it might be um, yeah are these going to like now, are they going to be taken there, so hmm? sorry no I was going to say are they going to be taken care of but also like is this going to be lame like is my thing going to be part of something super lame right like people yeah. obviously are you know worried about yeah. that but yeah and so now now they've um you know they have a whole warehouse full of stuff to keep adding into it and you know and can, people are continuing to send new and new things and so so it's going to continue to just grow and become more um and um and yeah so I'm, i mean i think being the first to kick off these sort of um you know, rotatable art installments there. Um, I mean, it's an honor to be able to do it in in any case. Being the first one's kind of a, a nice thing. Yeah. You know, for some reason when you sell prints, everyone wants number one of a hundred more than they want any of the other numbers. Um, even though they were all made at the same time and signed at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh do you have a favorite piece that you're excited to kind of have there hanging on the wall for people to see um i definitely i definitely think the making friends people are going to be like wow there's so much more little subtle details in there than than you can actually see on the record cover but um i think seeing some of those little details in um in the making friends cover um i really really like the fat might get strung out mm -hmm. album cover artwork. And I think, um, 
yeah i think that that's kind of a neat one to look at it's it's brand new so it's for for me it's like one of those like you know the, new record, baby. the actual the actual record just came out last 15 on september 15th yeah so so not a lot of people have seen it yet anyway so catching that original might be pretty cool um there's things that I, I like about this whole weekend that you know i i think it's really cool that uh todd morris is going to be giving tours that weekend um just happened to coincide um i met him way back a long time ago like 20 25 years ago or so um in new york i was um with a girl i was dating and she was good friends with those guys and uh yeah. and you know so i've just followed them and i actually still get to see toby and moon regularly if i'm up in la at a show or something yeah. um so todd todd um being one of the hosts is really cool and you're the, doing a tour shop opening huh? i'm gonna do a tour yeah. no, i gotta get there and study uh, <laughs> But um, the tattoo shop has been open for about a month now, but they're um, they're having a sort of um, what do we I guess housewarming party kind of thing for it. Um, um, and I'm actually I made a flash sheet, so I will awesome. be giving tattoos. If you want one, I think you just need to contact the shop and um, and schedule it but you'll have to be in line behind fat mike because when he saw the flash sheet it's actually funny he's uh, uh he's like oh dude i need that because i did a a jukebox from the like the jukebox on the cover of the tony slide 12 yeah. song program record um i did a little one of those for a flat part of the flash sheet and uh he's like oh my god i, I need to get that and he like sent, sent sent me a picture of a spot on his arm and I said, oh, it'll fit there just right, you know, just right. And and he's like, so can you drive to Vegas now? <laughs> I was like, well, why don't we wait to do it at the event? And he's like, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Um, that'll make a good uh, good photo, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it, um, I also hope that maybe since, since Fat Mike's, you know, risking some skin to let me tattoo him, that maybe some other some other guys will follow on the, the flash sheet. There's some fun stuff on there. So, um, but, um, so it's going to be neat to be part of that. And yeah, to, to, to actually give a tour, which I'm sure, I mean, I think my approach on giving the tour will be, um, you know, obviously pointing out some of my favorite things. Um, some of the things that maybe inspired, I mean, you know, it's kind of inspired me to, do the stuff I did, you know, and um, but also just letting them because they're really, you know, really, it's like, you know, I could say, oh, all this just drummer, all this clash stuff, this is, you know, but then other people might be like, you know, hey, I'm, you know, I, I was more interested in this, you know, uh, the whole East Bay. Yep. Uh, East Bay section of it or whatever, because that you know they, that might have been something that was that resonated with their their growing up or whatever more. And so I want them to just be able to take it all in as well. You know, it's like so, so just you know sort of just show them the things that I like, but you know, it's, but pointing out just sort of the the flow of the museum, how it goes, and because um, I mean to me, if it's one of those things where um the tour 
you know, once you've paid for a mission, just hang there for like five or six hours, maybe take that tour, but that's only like an hour of it. Then just, you know, once you've gone through seeing what you like, then you can go back through and really dive in deeper yeah. to some of the areas. There's and so figured... much there. Like it's so easy to miss uh, things the first oh, time yeah. around. And I think that's the, actually the coolest part about it. Like, if people like sort of don't know what to expect with a guided tour as someone who's taken one um like you sort of get to see some of those things through your tour guide's eyes and and you'll get stories that nobody else giving the tour of the museum would be able to tell you that story how they connect to that um item and so yeah i anybody listening who's thinking about coming down they should come down you know maybe maybe people who are around las vegas they should come down for your tour um but even any tour you know get down there and, and definitely do a guided tour because it's it's the way to to experience it right get get you can look I, at those I, items but if you don't know you know sort of what you don't have a connection to those items you might just skip over them and never really realize what they meant to people yeah yeah well as well as um you might not realize a, a lot of these connections. It's like, oh, wait, you know, this guy was was in this band too. It's like, you only knew him from this. Yep. But you're like, oh, wow. I didn't realize if he was in those bands earlier or whatever, you know? So there's, there's things that someone guiding you can point out that you might not have seen definitely while you're walking through on your own. But I also think that, you know, when I do the tour, it's like, again, I that'll be sort of my approach but I think then we'll, we'll wind it up in the gallery area and where I'll spend an extra big chunk of time. Um, you know, it'll probably still be like an hour long tour through the gallery or through the museum, but then I'll spend a while just letting people pick my, pick my brain on this piece or that piece or, you know, you know, I, I, being that that's that's also where i'll feel most comfortable talking about this or that um because you know it's it's something that's part of me so in a sense so um yeah well, I'm, I'm looking forward to it it's going to be just a wild crazy fun weekend um and i you know um wiley is uh too young for it but bluma and my wife will be there um awesome. for the opening and and they might even stick around and go on my tour. Um, my wife probably wants one of the tattoos, but I'll probably just have to do that here for her. Because <laughs> without someone without someone keeping an eye on Bloom, she might want to go crazy in that place. Yeah, no kidding. You'll uh, you guys will have fun. That'll be awesome. It, it's definitely a place you can take your your kids and your family, and they'll they'll learn something too. So, how long does your exhibit go on for? So it's opening on the 23rd of September, which is this coming Saturday, and um, it'll run all the way through till October 31st. And we haven't um, dialed in like the closing plans, but it's a great month. The, the museum's going to be definitely packed sort of in the middle of October because you got the When We Were Young festival going on. That's two days with right. so many bands. And I guarantee every one of those bands is going to come through and want to check it out. And when you're talking about, you know, however many thousands of, you know, people going to those shows, yep. I guarantee that uh, <laughs> the museum, get your tickets to the museum now because you might not be able to um, 
walk-in day of for sure yeah i uh, heard stories about like punk rock bowling i think it was a really busy time for the museum yeah. and uh i mean <laughs> when we were young fest is going to be i'm sure you know oh, for sure bigger like, you know even, lineup i mean i yeah. i i i am sort of contemplating the idea of driving back up to vegas to yeah to get there but i also you know <laughs> uh I've got I've got fun family stuff to do here as well, but I, I I know I'll be there to close the show, and I'll be there for probably about a week um, starting tomorrow um, to just help set it up, make sure all the name tags and labels are looking good and that sort of thing. Um, the The gallery has um, one wall that's um, three TVs, three big screen TVs. Um, and they actually said, do you want to cover that up or, you know, maybe hang paintings in front of the TVs or something? And to me, I was like, well, why don't we just utilize them? It's like, oh, there's enough wall space on these two walls that we can just load those up with the artwork. And then, um, you know, because I've got so many other pieces that I can't track down or they're, they're in a different country or wherever um, that I would have liked to show but can't. But um, I'm going to have just some, basically, it's just going to be a, this nonstop slideshow yep. of artwork. <laughs> so, so yeah, there'll still be something to look at. But instead of just trying to hide the wall, I figured let's utilize it. And yeah. so, um, but well, yeah. Congratulations. Really like a, yeah. It's a huge, and, huge achievement. And, and I think it's, yeah, I mean just going to fit right in at the museum, right? Like it's, it's the perfect place for, for those works to be, to be shown. So congratulations, man. And, and you know, you. also, Actually, I'm oh, also sorry. hoping to maybe leave um, a couple behind. Okay. Um, that might just stay there. So awesome. We'll, we'll see. We'll see um, how it goes, but, um, but yeah, I'm like, and I'm just really honored to um, be chosen to, be in it I, I've, I've already had just a couple little things um that are in there um a poster a, po a poster i did for an early punk rock bowling tournament as well as one of rory's drum heads um, oh yeah because i used to paint all of i think i painted like four or five for him but the one for more betterness is in a case there um a display case there yeah so it's um wouldn't mind leaving a couple pieces behind to yeah. maybe add to that uh, but yeah just honored to be part of it and it is such a cool museum that's so really excited and um just really excited to share it with bluma as well because um you know it's one of those things she get, gets mad when i go places without her and so having to go on that road trip to pick up a lot of this artwork i was gone for um about a week and you know so i was like you know told her it's like i'm putting all this stuff together here i got all these paintings for this art show i was like and i'm hoping you'll come to the art show with me and so she went and told her mom she's like so i'm gonna go to uh, las vegas for dad's art show and she's like really <laughs> <laughs> and and so i told you know so i told her i was like well i'm hoping you'll go too yeah uh but I told Bluma that I would take her with me. Um, so. Oh, she'll love it. It's it's yeah. pretty kid friendly there, so yeah, she'll 
she'll love it and it'll be so cool to see dad you know sort of front and center there yeah i'm um i'm 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 really nervous and scared about this i'm i'm really excited but you know it's um i've had i've been in art shows a bunch of art shows but this will be my first solo art show um i've almost always done group art shows and again most of my art um you know it's a lot of the times it's painted for this or it's painted for that and so um yeah so it's just weird it's but anytime you do something like this it's like you're putting yourself out there and just hoping that people like it and it's different in this case because it's like a whole lifetime's worth of junk yep. um and but i'm really happy i think there's some cool pieces for everyone it's gonna be some neat stuff like um i did the cover one of the covers for the nofx 10 by 10 box set yep my cover for that um the the adult film actress that um right jesse lee right she works there she's she's working there she's gonna be djing that friday night i think and anyways i we're gonna have some of those um some prints made of that one so me her and fat mike can all sit and sign them um jesse's great yeah she she uh yeah, I got to meet her when when uh, I was down there in June, and yeah, she's great. So that's yeah. awesome. That's a pretty special one. Yeah, um, it's like I said earlier, it's Lagwagon's 25th anniversary. Um, so we're gonna do a run of prints that will sell online for Sonic through Sonic Art, but we'll have 25 of those prints where we'll actually do a special silver screen over them as well and those will be signed and numbered um but they'll be exclusive to the museum or you can only get them there so um and yeah so um it's it's gonna be fun um lots of special stuff happening this month it's a big one for you yeah congratulations and you know congratulations to circle back congratulations on on your health and you know just super happy to hear uh you know, you're, you're on the mend. And I, I I was sort of trying to say earlier and we got sidetracked, but a lot, I think a lot of people, you know, were probably watching you. I'm sure you, you debate, do I post this online? Do I share whatever, but people watching that, they might not comment or connect or whatever, but there's people out there like me who have gone through it or are going through it, who, who took a lot from that too. And so, you know, just like, just like the dad thing, we got to help each other out. It takes a village. So yeah, appreciate yeah, no, it. I was, I was definitely too. overwhelmed by the the support and the you know um, people don't realize that uh, you know just the that hey you got this you know from a stranger that might just happen to follow you on Instagram because they liked a painting you did, but you know that. Yeah, they they all matter, and it, it it was definitely it was an overwhelming thing, and um, the amount of support, uh, you know, it, it helped push me through. It's I I, I ran a marathon um, in 2013. I was basically smoked most of my life, and had been a non-smoker for three years, and figured maybe if I ran a marathon that that would prove that my lungs are back, back in order or something. I don't know why yep. I'll never do another one. It's <laughs> the dumbest thing I ever did, but cross it off your list. But, yeah. um, 
you know, as you're training for it, you're going on these longer and longer runs. And the longest run I did before the marathon was a 20 mile run. And afterwards, I was just like, I don't know how, you know, the marathon was all, only a couple weeks away. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get the strength for those extra six miles. It's like, it's brutal. And, but you realize when you're running, uh, the, all the people that it's, it's funny because near, you know, it's like you got people the whole way cheering you on and, you know, especially they crowd up more at the mile markers, but then you get through like, maybe it was just how the marathon was set up, but uglier parts of the town um, where you don't have as many spectators on the side and that's like mile 18 and it's getting tough in there, but then comes mile 20 and all of a sudden there's more people and mile 21, there's more people and they're all cheering you on and they're just the whole way through. And maybe you're not the runner that they're hoping to see run by, but they're still clapping and cheering you on. And the everything you get from that, that's where I got the strength to get those last six miles and to finish that thing. And it's actually funny, the last mile I was almost running at a sprint because I was just like alive from from you know all these people the energy that they brought to it gave me the strength to push it through and and so i think the same thing goes to you know just all those little comments from friends on facebook or instagram during that whole process that you know they elevated me they kept my spirits up um and so yeah every every little voice mattered Thanks. Thanks, Mark. This has been awesome chatting with you. Um, and yeah, obviously, yeah, talking about your family and just sharing so many good stories and, you know, such a, a feel good and, and hopeful uh, discussion. I just really appreciate your time. Um, I'm going to ask you one more thing. And that's if you have any advice for for dads listening out there. Um, listen, that's a good good advice. Um, Listen, just be there, be there all the time for them. Everything. It's and to me, that's participate. That's what you're. They're gonna do what they want to do, and they're gonna be who they want to be. You can't try to make your kid this, or you can't try to make your kid that. I don't think I. I think you can um, try to influence them. I think you can guide them in good directions. Um, but the most important part is just participate in the things they want to do. And, and, um, you know, whether it's had a tea party with them one day or taking them to the skate park so you can have some fun too on yep. a different day. Uh, it's actually funny because as much fun as I have taking Bluma to the skate park, I don't get to skate cause I'm like chasing her around the whole time. Uh, but I, I have, more fun doing that than if I were to just go by myself right. um, and yeah, just be a participant in their life. Um, Cause that's, I mean, to me, that's what it's about. Just the dumb little things like taking her to school and seeing how she's interacting with her peers. And, you know, it's just those little things fill you up and, you get more out of it when the more you put into it the more you get out of it and um and so that's really all i mean just be there uh great advice you know, yeah, uh, thanks mark wish i had better stuff but no yeah. that 
That's amazing. This has been so. This has been so good. I really appreciate. I'm still winging it. I'm telling you, I'm winging it. We're all it winging it out here. <laughs> all right, that was Mark DeSalvo on the Rad Dad Show. Go check out Mark's exhibit at the Punk Rock Museum on until the end of October. Thank you so much, Mark, for joining me on the show, and thank you for listening. We don't have ads or really make money at this at all, and I should clarify, we don't want to. This is a labor of love, and as soon as we involve money, it becomes work. So we like it this way, but people are always asking us how they can support. So to tell you the truth, the best way is to share this episode, share our posts on social media, tell your friends, or hey, drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Those things are so easy, but they honestly mean so much to us. And on that note, if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts, or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show. And on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok at at rad dad show. You can also head over to YouTube to watch all these interviews as well. Wherever you're watching or listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. It really helps us. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. You can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime, and in between time, stay rad.